Okay, good afternoon. Shall we just take a moment and pray and ask God to be here? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are the great God of the universe and that you're a loving God and you care for each person on the face of this earth and you want us all in heaven. And so, Father, give us the wisdom to know how to reach these people. We thank you for the health message. We thank you for what you have given to us as a people. And now bless us today. May your Holy Spirit dwell here in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you've all heard a lot about an insurance plan. Everybody wants to know what insurance plan we have, but God has a health assurance plan. And as we conduct health ministry as a health professional or as a layperson, you know, when we were early in our ministry, we had the wonderful privilege of working with Elder O.J. Mills, and uh, he taught us how to actually incorporate the uh, health ministry along with the gospel ministry. And Dr. McFarlane also was the, uh, the general conference health director at the time. And we went to him because he came and worked with us with Elder Mills in Hartford. And we went to him and said, we're young and we are not health professionals. My husband is a minister. I'm a teacher. I was teaching grades five through eight. And we said, should we be holding health programs? And he said, by all means, you just need to do one thing, and that is hide behind the authorities. And that's what we have done. We have studied. We have taken classes. We've taken courses. We've, uh, I, I took the 30-hour course at Loma Linda to try and learn about cooking schools and other things since then. But if you are a health professional, you have a great advantage. But if you are a layperson here today, you can hold these programs in your church as well. Hide behind the authorities, and God will bless you. And by following uh, God's health assurance plan, we can actually increase the possibility of living longer, healthier lives. We know that, right? We know that that is a fact. And God, we also know that God has principles for health. He has those wonderful eight natural remedies. We teach a class on wellness or New Start or creation health or whatever it is, and we know that they work. We know that God has given us the natural remedies, the real true remedies of pure air. Let's read that together. We know that so well, but pure air, sunlight, abstemiousness, rest, exercise, proper diet, the use of water, trust in divine power, these are the true remedies. And as people come to our health programs, they actually see that this is true that these are actually the true remedies. But God has given this message of healthful living not only for his church, but for the world. And so we need to, we need to translate this into our churches, incorporate this into our churches, so that we can give this message to the world, because they don't know. They don't know these things. They're coming to our church and by the way, they will come to your church for a health program when they may never, Pastor Finley, come for a Bible study or come to church. 
and we have seen that through the years. Councils on Diet and Foods, page 32, says, the health reform I was shown, I was shown, is a part of the third angel's message. Is the three angels' message important? It sure is. We preach on that in evangelism. We preach on that in our churches. We, it's very important, but she says, the health reform I was shown is a part of the third angel's message and is just as closely connected with it as are the arm and the hand with the human body. So we need to connect the health message with the three angels' message, with the gospel message. She says, I saw that, as we as a, that we as a people must take an advance move in this great work. So we must take an advance work in this move of health and the biblical together. This is why it's so important for pastors and doctors, pastors and health professionals to work together as a team. And God will bless that immensely. And God has commissioned his church to share the principles of healthful living as a part of his end-time message. And if we miss our opportunity, God can and may even will use others to accomplish his divine purpose and will miss a great opportunity. I see this in cooking schools all the time. I can go into Whole Foods or I can go into Wegmans in Virginia. I can go into some of these places and they will tell me that they are plant-based vegan vegetarians. And they're conducting, um, and they're wanting to know where they can uh, go to learn more about vegetarianism even. And so they are holding them. The world is holding them. The world is open for this. You see, the church is the body of Christ meeting needs everywhere in Jesus' name. That's what the church is. And the church needs to be open. I share with people in my training classes that the church is actually probably the least economical building in the world because it is open once a week when it should be open every day. Every day people should be coming to our church to get help in whatever need that they may have. Because wellness has to do with the whole person. We've learned that. It includes the mental, the emotional, the physical, the social, and the spiritual. Dr. Nedley went over that very clearly on opening meeting. That is so important to have a balance of all of these factors uh, together. And that's why you can incorporate the spiritual into your health programs, not have it as a tacked-on part. Uh, 7T59 says, medical missionary work is the right hand of the gospel. It's necessary to the advancement of the cause of God. And we have seen this in our work. It's absolutely amazing. In 1987, before communism fell, we were asked to go to Poland. And we said, but the government hasn't given us permission to go to have an evangelistic meeting. But they said, Pastor Finley, we know how to pray. We want to pray that we can get in, get you in for an evangelistic series in, in uh, Poland. We prayed. And then the next thing we knew is that our people had gone to the government officials 
and ask if we could have an appointment with them to do some programming in Gdańsk, Poland. And when we got there and met with the government officials, they said to us, Mr. Finley, what do you, can you do for our city of Gdańsk? It's the center of the solidarity movement. We have many challenges here, many problems, many, what can you do for our city? And he said, oh, do you have heart disease here? Do you have cancer here? Do you have people who are smoking here? Well, yes, we have all that. Well, what if we came in and had programs on how to stop smoking, how to reduce your cholesterol, on cooking schools, on all stress management, all of these things. Oh, if you could do that, we would, we would gladly have you come in to, to Gdańsk, Poland. In 1987, we went in there with just help, the right arm of the gospel, the entering wedge. And do you know, after several months of training and working with the pastors, of working with the lay people, and conducting all of these health programs, that we went back to England at the time. We were living in St. Albans, England. And they called us back to the government office. And they said, Mr. Finley, it is amazing what's happening in this city. They're telling us that people are getting help. They're getting help to stop smoking. Their stress level is going down. Our city is improving. And so I'm going to give you, Mr. Finley, a blank piece of paper, and you can do anything you want in this city. And we sa he said, oh, that's wonderful. I would like to hold a series of... Bible lectures in your Leningrad theater. It seats 1,200 people. We had less than 60 Seventh-day Adventists in that city. And we wondered what would happen. The entering wedge was the health message. But it was amazing because we kept working. You know, uh, evangelism doesn't just happen. It's work. Some people would like to finish the work without work, but that doesn't work. <laughs> and so we taught people how to do these programs, how to even have Bible studies, how to do all these things. And we uh, advertised Nova Zecchi, New Life, for the evangelistic meetings. And a quarter of a mile down the street, it was amazing. People were lined up. And that was amazing as people went through that turnstile and they opened the doors, hundreds piled in, over 1,200 people. They went to uh, the authorities and said, we can't get any more people in. And we, Mark said, can we have a double session? Can we have another session? That led to another session. That led to many baptisms in Gdańsk, Poland. That led to our meetings in Hungary, in Yugoslavia, in Russia, and in the Plahani University, in the Kremlin Auditorium, where we sat 6,500 people, full double sessions every night. In the Kremlin Auditorium, and they had to pay for seats. It was incredible. And that led to the Olympic Stadium meetings, where we had over 100 health professionals from Loma Linda University Medical School that came and helped us with our health expos. We had 18,000 people coming every night. And when we went to Russia just 
recently for our 20th reunion of the meetings in the Kremlin, 92 and 93, we had those meetings, we wondered what would happen because before we started health ministry, health evangelism, we had one church in the center of uh, Moscow. At the end of those three years, we had 13 churches. It was amazing. We went back 20 years later, just this last year, we went back with a reunion and we wondered what would happen in the city of Moscow 20 years later. We went back for a series of follow-up meetings. We now have, my friends, 26 churches in Moscow. And it all happened from health ministry. It is truly uh, the entering wedge. And as through it, men and women are led to see the importance of right habits of living, the saving power of the truth will be made known. And that's what happened. The saving power of the truth was made known because of health ministry. I'm here to tell you that health ministry works. It's amazing. Medical missionary work is a great entering wedge whereby the diseased soul may be reached. Councils on Diets and Food 76. So we're going to reach many people uh, through this method. But the basic rationale for all health ministry is our love for people and a desire for them to have the fullness of life that Jesus so freely offers. So we need both the physical and the spiritual, but someone says, well, do you have an ulterior motive when you're doing a cooking school, for example? Well, yes, uh, I want to lead them to Jesus. Jesus had an ulterior motive, right? He said to the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I give you, you're never going to thirst. So he wanted to lead them to him. So that, yes, we do. But on the other hand, we have a love for those people. And even if we can help them now, not everybody accepted Jesus, but Jesus still healed them. And so we can still heal people even if they don't accept them. But that is the ultimate goal. And that's the rationale for all of our health ministry. And churches grow when there's a planned process of community outreach, meeting the physical, the mental, the social, and the spiritual needs of people. In fact, in my training, especially in my Bible work training, I tell my uh, people that if you do this one thing, your church will grow. Just do this one thing that I'm going to share with you, your church will grow. There's no question about it. I've seen it all over the world. And the methods that we use here in the United States, we use in Africa, they're not methods, they're principles. And um, methods change, but principles are the same. And we use them in India, Africa, uh, Europe, difficult Europe. We just came back from Dublin, Ireland, where we saw them work. But it says this, in Councils on Diets and Foods 470, it says every church, every church, does that mean your church? Every church should be a training school for Christian workers. Its members should be taught how to give Bible readings, how to conduct and teach Sabbath school classes, how to best help the poor and care for the sick, how to work for the unconverted, and there should be schools of health. Schools of health in our churches. Wow. Just think if we had schools of health in our churches, what would happen? Cooking schools, she says, and classes in various lines of Christian help work. 
if we set up our church as a training school, every church as a training school, God will bless and our churches will grow. I've seen it happen. But there must be a planned process. Jesus did those three things. What was it? In Matthew 4.23, Jesus went about all Galilee teaching, preaching, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So Jesus went about doing three things, teaching, preaching, and healing. And by the way, he probably did more in the healing ministry than he did in the preaching ministry. And Jesus' method of evangelism is find a need and meet it. And Mark shared with you this statement of Jesus' method. This ministry of healing, 143, says Christ, let's read this together, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, won their confidence, and then he bade them follow me. So we first of all need to mingle like Jesus did with the people. So we may need to bring some non-members, some non-Seventh-day Adventists into our churches, right? And start mingling with them. And then he desired their good. How do we desire their good? We see they have heart disease, cancer, obesity, diabetes, all of these various chronic diseases, and we can help them. We can say goodbye diabetes, right? We can reverse heart disease. We have inside information. Someone asked us, where do you get some of these ideas for your evangelism? They're God's ideas. We get them in the Bible and we get them in the spirit of prophecy. And so we mingle with people. We desire their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and then he bade them follow me. That is so important. And Jesus focused on ministering to people's needs. And as we choose to focus on people, we follow in his footsteps. And so you've been called, we've all been called by the master as a visible manifestation of unselfish love in an age of selfishness. Just think what would happen. What would happen, my friends, if someone came and said, you need to close down your church tomorrow? Would the community be up in arms and say, you can't close that Seventh-day Adventist church? They're helping us. They're helping us with heart disease. They're helping us with reducing these chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, and strokes, and all the rest. You can't close down. They're helping us with family life. They're helping us with all these things. You see, we become the manifestation of unselfish love. So we've been called by Jesus to break down prejudice, to soften hard hearts, to open closed minds, to ministry to minister healing to people with broken spirits and diseased bodies and follow in Jesus' footstep, meeting needs everywhere in his name. And so we've been called to do this kind of work. What is medical evangelism? It is meeting the needs of others in loving service with the ultimate goal of introducing them to the source of love, Jesus Christ. That's really what medical evangelism is all about. So the question is, how do we practically accomplish the goal 
of helping people with better health and also have it serve as an entering wedge to reach the diseased soul. So how can we practically do this? And when I teach my classes, I want my, um, my, the people in my class to go away saying, I can go and do this. This is simple. It's practical. And so I'm going to go over some practical things here. And one of the ways that we can meet the needs of our community is through comprehensive health ministry. These are just a few of the things that you can do, but a good way to start if you haven't been doing it in your church, and I know many of you are health professionals, and you may be doing this already, but maybe you can learn a few more things or get a few more ideas as we go over some of these things. Because starting with a health expo is a wonderful way to start in your church because you open the door for people to come and go to all these various stations, these eight different stations, these booths. It can be under wellness. It can be under New Start. It can be with Creation Health. It can be with Celebrations. Whatever it is today, it, the acronym doesn't matter. What you do does matter with the eight natural remedies. And then the stop smoking plans. You know, we have almost become the tail rather than the head as Adventists today in this. When we learned, we, we were so privileged to start with Pastor O.J. Mills, who taught health ministry in the church. And he did stop smoking plans. And when my husband was learning how to do this, we were having three, four, five hundred people that would attend the stop smoking plans. And we can do that today. The General Conference has just put out and refined a new stop smoking plan called Breathe Free, and that is available for you to use. And we can have stop smoking, eight steps to wellness, or new start, or whatever, natural lifestyle cooking, stress management, depression recovery, whatever it is, but some kind of sequence evangelism. And then also, it's not that we don't incorporate the evangelistic, it's that we try to incorporate the spiritual as we go along, but to just have a health program out here and never climax that with evangelistic meetings, sometimes we get very little results because we can have people in the palm of our hand for five days in a stop smoking and then they're gone we say goodbye, or can be in a nutrition class, five classes, six, seven, whatever it is, and then they're gone. But if we keep having a cycle, a sequence of evangelism, and, and, and I'll share with you how we do that in public evangelism and how it meets actually spiritual needs as well. And so we do need to get to know people in our class that come to our classes by name, because we're not only just ending, tacking on an evangelistic meeting, we're getting to know people, we're getting to make friends, we develop a bond with those class members, we look for spiritual opportunities to share biblical principles, and we allow God to work through us and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in conversations before and after the meetings. Let me share with you how I happened to start uh, teaching natural lifestyle cooking classes. Um, this was uh, actually in Los Angeles. 
uh, our classes there. They told us nothing could happen in Los Angeles. This is a very difficult place. We had over 200 people that came to our cooking classes there. But in addition to that, this became truly the entering wedge because there were pastors and others who didn't really even think that evangelism could work. Public evangelism couldn't work. And when they saw how we integrated the health ministry with this, they became excited as they saw people from the public, people from the community coming. But let me share with you how I got started and why I even feel this is so important for our churches to have these kinds of programs. We were in, after we interned with a wonderful pastor, Elder Mills, we were sent to a small district. Now, in that district, um, there were dying churches. The conference president said to my husband, look, you can't go anywhere but up because the district is so far down. You have a dying church over here. There were three churches. This one is kind of half dead, and this one meets in a morgue, literally, in a graveyard, and, and uh, that's where we had our Sabbath school class. And then um, you have um, another church that's, well, supposed to be the best church. And so we went over there, and we saw that even the good church, very few people were coming. So we decided to put a little ad in a newspaper for Bible studies. Now, if you did that today, uh, unless we had a strong prayer ministry, like we did when we were praying, it probably wouldn't work. And by chance, this wouldn't even work. But we put this little ad in the newspaper, and then we prayed. And we said, God, we want you to put at least two to three responses in our mailbox every day to get Bible studies. And God did that. We went down to that little post office in Quinnebog, Connecticut, and God put responses to Bible studies. We had over 30 Bible studies going. It was amazing what God did. But then Mark said to me, why don't you hold a cooking school? Well, I had never seen a cooking school. I was teaching in Hartford. I was teaching grade school, and so I didn't have the opportunity to go through a cooking class or a cooking school. And he said, I said, but Mark, I've never done that before. And he said, oh, it's easy, you know. And I said, well, if it's so easy, maybe you can do it with me. And so that's how we got started together, because I did not know what I was doing. I, I was young. We were in our first district. And I thought, well, maybe I'll at least give them some samples. I'll have some little recipes on a a sheet, we had, you know, we ran them off on the old mimeograph. Some of you younger people won't even know what I'm talking about, but, you know, the old mimeograph machine, we ran off some uh, recipes and gave them out, and I thought, oh, this cooking school. But God sent people in. For some reason, he blessed our advertising, and we had about 60 people that came, and, and in that cooking school, I thought, oh, this is a total disaster. And yet one night, this young lady in her late 20s came up to me, Joanne, and she said, why are you doing this anyway? And I didn't even know. I, <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I guess I was being an obedient wife. And so I didn't, I just said, well, and I tried to think on my feet quickly, and I said, well, you know, we are physical, mental, and spiritual, and, and you know, as we um, learn how to 
keep our bodies in health and where, you know, we improve physically, then we can, you know, improve spiritually. And I thought, oh, no, what did I say to her? It's probably the wrong thing. But then she said, well, why are you doing this blessing? Because I thought, well, we'll have a little blessing before we have the food samples. And I said, well, we do that in our home, and we're just bringing you around our family table. And she said, well, do you give Bible studies? And I said, well, yes, we do give Bible studies. And so we went to the home of Joanne. We studied with her for several months. She said, my husband is a high school teacher in town, and yet he's never heard anything like that. Could you study with him? We studied with Dave. After several months, they were both baptized. They introduced us to his parents, and we studied with them, and they were baptized. Then they introduced us to his sister and her husband, and they were baptized. Six people in that disastrous cooking school. And I said right then and there, Lord, if this is a way of not only giving people better help, but this is a way of winning souls to you, I will do this the rest of my life. And I have been. I just finished a cooking school recently. And so uh, that's how I got started. And, and you can do it as well because it makes a difference. And yet we are told in Testimonies, Volume 9, 112, cooking schools are to be held. So we are to hold these cooking schools. And some of you have 10 talents already because you're a good cook. Councils on Diets and Foods 251 says, the one who understands the art of properly preparing food and uses this knowledge is worthy of higher commendation than those engaged in any other line of work. Wow. Wow. If you use, if you understand the art of properly preparing food and use this knowledge, this is worthy of higher commendation. This talent should be regarded as equal in value to 10 talents. To 10 talents for its right use has much to do with keeping the human organism in health. And people are open. People are open. They want to come. They will flock to your church for cooking schools. I know. Uh, when we were in Chattanooga in Net 95, there, were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of opposition with Net 95. In fact, some came to Mark and said, Mark, bow out. This is going to be a disgrace to you, to it is written, and to the church and to your ministry. Don't do it. And he said, look, I'd rather do something for God and fail than do nothing for God and succeed. And so I'd rather have 30 evangelistic meetings than have only one because that's 29 more I can do at the same time. But I believe since I've been teaching for the seminary over, what was it, 10 years, he said, I believe that we would have at least 300 pastors that would do this, would get on board with this. So let's pray for 300 churches. We had 676 churches in net 95, and we had over 8,000 baptisms in North America. That led to net 96 with 12 languages, 40 countries, and over 18,000 baptisms in North America. And, and, and so God led, but we also decided to have a cooking in that net as well, and we were going to satellite this. 
I didn't know how to do television. I, I don't know television. That's Mark's field, not mine. But I got bold for the Lord, and I said, oh, I'll go down to the television station and see if I could make an appointment. I went down with all kinds of samples with different things, and uh, they decided that they were going to give me an interview. So the next time, I went down with even more samples. I went down with all everything from breakfast samples, pancakes, uh, um, waffles, all kinds of various things, burgers, patties, roasts, all these things. And they started taking some of these samples. And I thought, well, they were just going to give me a couple of minutes. But they gave me 12 minutes. That's a long time on television. And we had over 700 at our cooking school in the convention center in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so, um, but I knew that God had to increase my own ability because I, you know, I, I was still learning. And so I want to give you some, just a few practical things in holding any kind of health programming. Particularly a cooking school will go over some of that, but in any kind of health programming, what are some practical things that are extremely important while well, advertising well? Advertising well, and I saw that when we went into Chattanooga. And then I also, we had about 600 in Orlando in Net 96, because again, you don't always get television, but there are some unique opportunities. That was all free, and, uh, but advertising well. And then I actually um, used, through the years, newspaper very effectively. We got several articles free in the newspaper. So you have all kinds of different ways. You can do brochures. You can mail to your interest list. You can distribute them to the church. You can give to your friends and neighbors. You can distribute them in health food stores. So you have brochures, and you can do brochures, and I can share with you how um, that can be very effective. But also, you have the opportunity of having, and here's a sample of our brochure that we had in Mobile, Alabama. And by the way, we baptized some Southern Baptists that were in the Baptist church for all of their life leaders in the Baptist church totally because of our health program of natural lifestyle cooking. And uh, it was very thrilling to see what God did. And this is a sample of our brochure that we had there. But newspaper articles are free. And I realized that when many years ago I was actually pregnant with my daughter Rebecca uh, that uh, plans this convention, um, and I was baking bread for a health food store, just a few loaves every week. And I was baking bread for our family. And uh, we were teaching a doctor and his wife, who was a nurse, how to do nutrition classes. And so they said, but Mark, would you go and advertise for us? Because we don't really know much about advertising. So he went down to the newspaper editor and told them that they were interested in a cooking school with uh, emphasizing vegetarianism. And she said, well, Mr. Finley, I'm not interested in vegetarianism, but I am interested in bread making. Do you know anyone that makes good homemade bread? 
And he said, well, yes, as a matter of fact, my wife makes bread every week for our family, and she's actually making some for a health food store. Maybe I can bring by a loaf. So he brought by a loaf of bread, and then he invited her to come to my home and take some pictures and have an interview. Now, I didn't know why he was doing that again. This was actually uh, July 11, 1973. I finally uh, laminated this to save it. Uh, but they came to my home, and Mark said, well, why don't you make, have bread in every stage that you can think of? Have the ingredients over here, have bread coming out of the oven, have mixing it up, and all of this. And again, I didn't know really why I was doing it, but I did it. And uh, they came, and the newspaper editor came, and a photographer came, and they were taking pictures, and they were interviewing Mark. And then at the end, they said, um, yeah, it was, it was this big article, and uh, it said, um, uh, to, have, to join these bread classes, you could call. And I said, oh, Mark, yeah, someone's having bread classes. And he said, yeah, you. And, <laughs> and I said, Mark Finley, I've never had a bread class in my life. I was doing a little bit on breakfast and a little bit on vegetarianism in my cooking schools, but I hadn't had a whole sequence of health programs and certainly not bread. So I thought, well, how... What do I do? How do I do this? And he said, oh, it's easy. And so I said, but Mark, I'm not sure how to do this. So I started thinking, well, I need bread in all different stages because I need to show them how to mix the bread. Then I need to show them the second stage after it has been rising for an hour and a half. Then I need to go into uh, the finished product. And then I need to give them samples. So I tried to figure this out. And it was amazing because I didn't even know anyone would come to this. So I went down to the Better Living Center, and I thought, no one's going to come to this bread class anyway. It's never been done, to my knowledge, anywhere. And I went down, and as I walked in, I heard the lady on the phone say, just a moment. And uh, I said, okay. And, she said, and then I heard her say, oh, yes, we are having a bread class, but the class is full, so we're going to have one next week, too. <laughs> Now I had two, and I hadn't even had one yet. And, uh, but we ended up with actually three bread classes there. But at the end of that, I was studying the Bible with this lady who came. And then we were called to the Southern New England Conference as full-time evangelist in Southern New England. And we took that call, and so I kind of made arrangements for this Bible study with someone else, but I didn't really know what happened. Several, ten years later, we were at the Soul Winning Institute, and a lady came up to me, and she said, do you remember me? And I said, you look very familiar, just give me a hint. She said, do you remember the bread class that you had at the Better Living Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee? And I said, oh, yes, do I ever? And she said, well, you studied the Bible? I said, oh, I remember you now, yes. And she said, we continued those Bible studies. My husband continued those Bible studies. We are now at the seminary studying for the ministry, and we heard that you started the Soul Winning Institute here, and we wanted to come and learn how we could do these classes because we see that... Um, that souls can be one. And so 
not only did we have a harvest, or at least some that we know, and we'll never know what the harvest is until eternity, but we also had the entering wedge of newspaper articles because when we went to southern New England, I took this article, I went to newspaper after newspaper and asked if we could have a free article in their newspaper. And they ran them. Our first cooking school, we had 120 in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. We had over 200 in Boston, Massachusetts. We had, I don't even know how many hundreds in Hartford. We went back to Hartford. And we had to have closed-circuit TV because we were in two rooms in Hartford, Connecticut with a cooking school. And we now use some of those articles as a base because in our instructor's manual, we have an entire instructor's manual for churches, and we have some of those newspaper articles that can be used. And so we now have materials for newspaper articles. We have newspaper ads. The newspaper ads do cost something, but radio, if you're conducting a natural lifestyle cooking class or any health program that you conduct out of your church as a free community service, you can have free PSAs, public service announcements. They are obligated to give those to you. And we went to every radio station as well in Orlando, in all of the cities where we go and we get them. We have 30 and 60 second spot announcements. So advertising, because if we don't get people out, you may have the best program in the world, but you need to get people out. So. Advertising is very important. And then to provide good materials. When I started with cooking schools, believe me, I didn't have any materials. I didn't even know where to start. But since then, I have grown a little bit. And I now have, actually, uh, our cookbook, which is all color-coded with all the recipes and all the um, all the pictures for every single recipe. We have a four-color picture. We actually fixed the food and then took the picture of the food. And so we have that all. We have a workbook, an entire workbook with all the scientific information and all the uh, references for everything so that people not only get um, demonstrations, food samples, see how to do it, recipes, but they also get nutritional and scientific information. And that's what people want to do. So we need to provide good materials. We have this. We also have it in Spanish. And we have an entire set. We also have um, the DVDs so that we have some DVDs. So we have whatever you use for materials. And I tell people, whatever you can use, uh, use. Yes. The DVD are the seven classes. They're just a, a short 28-minute DVD on the seven classes that we have. We have homemade bread making made easy, where we talk about fiber and grains. And then we have um, making breakfast a better meal. You can show them because it's actual demonstrations, but it's not a full cooking school. But you can. You can show it in your home, or you can show it in your church, and, and do that. But it's not a full cooking school. But providing good materials is so important. 
And I learned that early as we were doing this. So providing some very good materials. And we have everything from the cookbook to the workbook to the instructor manual to even the advertising brochures. We have an entire brochure. We have a flyer. We just did a flyer for the one uh, at Celebration Hospital. Very um, good to just have something that you can put in people's hands. And so providing good materials. Uh, we, these are, this is what we have for natural lifestyle cooking. We have the cookbook, the workbook, the instructor's manual, the DVD, 730 minute. It's really like 28 with an intro and so forth. Advertising brochures, the flyer, the newspaper articles, and the radio spot announcements. And so, yes, these can be gotten at your local ABC. Um, uh, Pacific Press actually publishes this, so it can be gotten at uh, AdventistBookCenter.com. I brought a few with me because the last time I went, I had no books. And people said, well, why didn't you bring some? And so this time, I brought a few workbooks and a few cookbooks um, that are available if you want, if you'd like them. And then choosing your class as well. So once, if you're in a nutrition class, and believe me, people are interested in nutrition because everybody likes to eat. And we, that's just part of life. And so how do you choose your classes? These are the seven classes that we have. Uh, bread making, breakfast, meal balancing, advantages of a plant-based diet, simple suppers, holidays and special occasions, and simple, helpful desserts. And let me just give you a sample of this quickly. Uh, so you can see some of this is the bread that we actually made. And we start with homemade bread making. And I found that that was an interesting way to start. I learned this many years ago. It's non-controversial. And you know, some people say, well, you're taking my meat away from me. I'm not taking anything with bread making. So it's uh, a very good way to start. Yes, sir? Back one slide, sure. Yes. Those are the ones that we do. We talk about. And, and these are the seven classes that we have in our book. And the one on supper is actually quite exciting. Simple suppers. We not only share how to have simple suppers. And you know, when we just went to the Geneva Health Convention, the University of Prague did a study. The university paid for it. And they discovered for diabetes and for diabetics, two meals was better than six. And so it's amazing what is happening with some of the things that we've already been uh, shared with. Now, they said three at the most, two uh, they do very well at as well. And so we share how to have simple suppers. And in that, we actually have some documented studies of how when families sit down with their family at, fa at meal times, they actually lower crime rates. They lower, there are less gangs. There are less, there's less crime. There's less alcohol, all kinds of things that we share in that. And then, of course, holidays and special occasions. That's always a fun one. And then simple, healthful desserts. But let me just give you a quick example of some of the exciting things that people see as they come. We have a big display of fruits, nuts, grains, and vegetables because people think, what do you eat 
as a plant-based vegan vegetarian. I mean, you can't eat really good food. And when they come and they see an entire display, I have pictures of that in my cookbook of entire displays. And then I do one actually in our programs as well. I take them through. I give them recipes now in my book. I talk about the basic ingredients for bread. And then I have all kinds of, of course, real bread right there. I'm just showing you the pictures. But we have raisin bread, whole wheat bread, 100% whole wheat bread. Um, we talk about the value of the whole grains. We have all kinds of rolls and Danish rolls. And we make that in front of them. And so people are excited when they see this. We also give them information. And you have that all in the workbook, where you can talk about whole grains being rich in complex uh, carbohydrates, the different types of fiber, and how important fiber is, and protein, and vitamins and minerals, and a host of phytochemicals. And then we talk about, well, how, for example, how much fiber do we need? Well, the recommended amount is 30 grams. But how much are Americans getting? Well, an average American in North America consumes less than 50% of the recommended amounts of dietary fiber. And so when they come and they get all this information, then they are motivated to make some changes. Why is fiber important? We talk about that because it stimulates the colon to discharge the waste faster, reduces the concentration of harmful substances remaining in the colon, and so it helps to reduce cancer and diabetes and heart disease and many of these chronic diseases. And so people are excited when they're coming and they're getting not only how to make something, but they're getting information that's going to help them in the long run. And then on making breakfast a better meal, we talk about a good breakfast and how that's the important meal of the day. And breakfast should contain one-third to even one-half of our calories and helps us to be more efficient, renews our energy, even promotes weight control. All of these things we go over with them. And then I have all the different things. These are some of the recipes in my book, but we have the blueberry flaxseed pancakes, and we have waffles with strawberry sauce and um, French toast made without any animal products at all. People are amazed. They say, wait a minute. These are, the, these are healthy things, but the things that I'm used to eating. And so they get all of this, and even some scrambled tofu, and hash browns, and breakfast beans, and uh, blackberry cobblers, and even some thinly favorite oatmeal, and, so we, uh, and granolas. And we teach them how to make their own cereal and granola and eat lots of fruit. We talk about the benefits of eating lots of fruit. And then the benefit of eating lots of uh, salad as they plan their menu. In fact, most people have it as a garnish. But we think, what fruit are we going to have in the morning? And then surround everything with that. What salad are we going to have for our main meal and surround things with that? And then we teach them how the uh, different food groups for a balanced menu, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, a good variety of whole grains, plenty of legumes, and beans, peas, and lentils. And there was just a recent study done that said that you need at least four things 
to really be healthy, even if you're a vegan. They did a study, and they said if you're a plant-based vegetarian that's eat, that you live 13, now it's up to 13 years more than the average population, but if you're a vegan plant-based vegetarian who eats nuts and seeds, you even live longer than the vegetarian who doesn't eat nuts and seeds. And then they said you need lots of beans and lots of greens. So those four things were important. So when people see, wait a minute, I'm not eating any beans, I'm not eating any greens, I'm not eating you know, any nuts or seeds, I'm not, you know, then they, uh, they become very motivated. And a portion of nuts and seeds and even soy milks or rice milks. So we help them to see that you can have a variety of salads different kinds, and then how do you balance your meals to even have a protein dish? And then we share the advantages of a total vegetarian diet, and most people think, I'm not going to get enough protein. How can I get my protein? Well, whole grains, legumes, and nuts all contain lots, and even fruits and vegetables contain two to four grams of protein. So you're getting plenty of protein, and if you're eating beans and lentils, you're getting a great amount of protein. So we share that with them. And then I, we make our holiday roast. In fact, I made the holiday roast at this cooking school that we had at Celebration Hospital. And we made, uh, we made a chicken salad out of gabonzo beans. It's in my recipe book. And just out of gabonzo beans, a homemade chicken. Not the frozen kind you buy, but out of just gabonzo beans. And when I got done with the holiday roast and the gabonzo uh, chicken salad, this lady came up to me and she said, oh, Mrs. Finley, this is so good, it even beats my pork roast. And she said, nothing beats my pork roast. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, good, I'm, I'm so glad something beat that pork roast. And we talk about, uh, the, of course, the advantages of getting onto a plant-based diet and the advantages of that. And then, of course, I give them the recipes. I have them in my book as well. And everything from burgers to roasts to loaves to uh, oat burgers to even meatballs, vegetarian meatballs made out of tofu. And then we go into simple, uh, easy suppers and all the advantages of that. We won't take time because uh, we'll give you a few minutes for questions, but then holidays and special occasions, and we share. I made my carob cake. This is a carob cake, and someone said, you cheated. I know that has to be chocolate, and I said, it's carob, and carob is a good substitute for chocolate, but it tastes good. How can that taste good? Uh, and, and so we share with them that desserts, Maybe once a week, maybe occasionally, on special occasions, but uh, it's still a dessert. However, we don't use the refined white sugar, and we share with them how to use some of the natural sugars and apple crisps and all the rest. And then we have the last class on desserts. Most people are unaware of the large amounts of sugar they're eating because it's hidden in their food when they realize that many Americans are consuming 22 teaspoons or more of sugar a day, um, they say, wow, I didn't realize that it's hidden. You know, 
12 teaspoons or 8 teaspoons or 9 teaspoons in this soft drink that I just drank. And I share with them how important it is to just get off soft drinks alone. And people are very, very excited, believe me, when they come to the cooking school and they see some of these things. And we share what happens when we have excessive sugar, weakens the white blood cells, elevates blood fats, which contribute to clogged arteries, depletes the body of B vitamins, contributes to obesity, contributes to inadequate nutrition due to empty calories, contributes to tooth decay. Some of you dentists, I know, uh, are dealing with people that have a lot of tooth decay, and probably if you can just help them get off that sugar, that would help and contributes to diabetes. So these are some of the things we do. We and then organize our classes well. We have everything organized so that when people come in, there's no waiting line. They just come in and register, and uh, everything is really organized. We could talk more about that. Planning ahead with preliminary preparations, and then setting up your auditorium. I set the auditorium up so that I also have uh, slides, and we're putting all of our workbook actually on PowerPoint as well, so it'll be easy for you to use in your cooking schools as well. And then setting up the registration table, setting up trays. I was teaching at one of our schools uh, a class on this, and they said, um, and I was talking about the advantage of having everything ready and then having practiced with the recipe that you're doing ahead of time. And they said, oh, but we were just given this recipe uh, like a couple hours ago, and we've never done it. We don't even know what the consistency is like. And so that would be a little scary. And so uh, we try to teach them how to set up their trays, how to do everything, and... Uh, and then prepare good demonstrations, and people will come. Um, and then we just have simple things that we do as a show and tell. You know, when I was a teacher, uh, especially when I was doing some student teaching, I did some in the first and second grade, and they would always bring something and tell about it, you know, show it and tell about it. I found that that's a good thing in cooking schools, a show and tell. I just bring... A piece of bread, I was going to do that today, but I didn't. But just bring a piece of that good uh, Silver Hills bread, you know, and then put some peanut butter on it, put some applesauce on it, put uh, a banana on it, some berries, some nuts, and you have a wonderful little quick, good, nutritious breakfast. And... Uh, and, and people like that in the cooking schools when you're doing some show and tells. And then I give them a little bit, um, I always give them recipes. And then a follow-up strategy, uh, Mark is going to talk more about this, but developing a plan so that you have a plan for your sequence evangelism. We have what's called yours for the asking. This is critical in having your sequence evangelism programs, health evangelism programs, and then just having a form that goes out. You give every person that comes to the class a form. We want to help you achieve life's greatest happiness. Please check the items that interest you most. I would like a cop complimentary copy of Vibrant Health or whatever. Um, many of those other magazines, Wildwood puts out 
a really good one. What's that called again? Health and Healing. And there's many out there, but uh, please place my name on the mailing list. If you'd like to be on our mailing list, just check that box. I'm interested in attending the following classes. You see how sequencing is so important? Oh, we're going to have another natural lifestyle cooking school. Just check that box or stop smoking or depression recovery, stress, wellness, creation health, whatever. And then I'm interested in more information about becoming part of an informal Bible study group. The first time we put that on the form, someone said to us, Pastor and Mrs. Finley, really, get real. Why are you doing this? No one is going to check that box. We said, well, we just have a philosophy of, that's called throw out the bait. If people bite, let them bite. And so we're just going to put it on there. We got, what was it, 22 Bible studies the first time we put that on the form and at our health program. I would like an absolutely free series of Bible lessons. I'm interested in studying the Bible prophecy by watching DVDs. Our DVD ministry is just exploding. I tell you, that's another whole subject, but that's amazing. And then they fill out their name and turn that in. And so you have sequence evangelism going on constantly in your church. But one of the biggest things that we have found is a pre-registration form. For example, we have this along with our brochure, whatever it is, uh, whatever you're doing, discoveries, it may be Mark's new one, it's discoveries. And at the end of the cooking school or the end of a stop smoking or the end of a um, stress management, whatever class, but we've done this regularly in our cooking schools. We come to the end and we say something like this. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been excited as you've learned principles of better living and how you can live at least seven to even 12 years longer. Now it's 13. Uh, 12 years longer, 13 years longer. But this has been a health class and we've tried to give you a lot of health information but also, we would like you to live a million trillion years longer. And you can do that as you come to know Jesus Christ. And we have another seminar called Discoveries or Revelation of Hope. And we would like to invite you as our guest. And if you would just take this pre-registration form, this happened to be the one we did right here in San Diego. We had this in San Diego several years ago. So I put that one up there and um, fill out that pre-registration form, tear it off, and as you go out the door tonight, just give it to the host or hostess, and they turn them in. In one city, I had over 100 people that transferred from our cooking school into our evangelistic meetings. And so something that transfers them because, look, some may not respond, but what if they do? And they come to know Jesus and have eternal life. Isn't that what we're all about? And so we have all of this. And then you can transfer them into whatever evangelistic series of meetings that you have. And I know that God is going to bless you as you conduct the health programs and introduce people to the healer, Jesus Christ. This media was produced by Audioverse for Amen. Adventist Medical Evangelism Network. If you would like to learn more about Amen, please visit www.amensda.org.
or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.